on today's hot topics. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you so much for joining us. Hope everybody is welcomed into a happy new year and hope we all have a prosperous one through the great guests we have on this show, the Easy Win Forms on WinningPonies.com and uh, the information we can glean on the horses for courses. have two really outstanding guests for you today. Uh, of course, it is Eclipse Award season and we're going to bring on just one of the many Eclipse Award winners in the human categories that have already been announced, and that would be Brad Hennigan, who teams up with his brother John, and they won the Television Eclipse Award for a feature they did on a gentleman by the name of Perry Oots. It's called Iron Man Perry Oots. They flew into Cincinnati, and in three days knocked out this award winner, so they will be down in Florida on the 16th, getting their Eclipse Award. The Hennigan Brothers, you may recall, also produced First Saturday in May. I believe that was about five or six years ago, which also took down the Eclipse Award. And then we're going to go with the mellow fellow with the great big bellow, and that's none other than Pete Aiello. Uh, Pete's very excited about his new role as the caller at Oaklawn Park. You've heard Pete over the years at many fairs out west, and then he uh, really uh, sharpened his skill at River Downs and then went down to Hialeah and over to Gulfstream Park where he kind of has a split role. So we're going to talk to Pete Aiello, and since he's in Florida, we've got not one, not two, but three graded stakes races at Gulfstream Park. So hopefully our Florida connection, Pete Aiello, will be helping us with that. All right, let's take a look now. We're really going to be packing 10 pounds into a 5-pound sack. Hope you guys have had a great holiday season and pulled down our easy win forms. Of course, from coast to coast, uh, we've been giving out some sensational winners. Earlier this week at Turf Paradise, had a $1 pick six that paid over $3,600. And then we gave you a little... Uh, Going away gift on New Year's Eve at Aqueduct, a $1 super that paid $2,717. And, hey, right up to today at the Big A, a $1 super key brought you home $1,776. So come on to winningponies.com and pull down your easy win forms. It's just that easy. Well, uh, as we look at the stats at the end of the year, no big surprise here. Triple Crown winner American Pharaoh set the earnings record. Unbelievable. A great year. We wish him nothing but the best at stud. 
Now, American Pharoah won seven graded stakes races and earned what is now a record $8,288,800. And, of course, uh, most excitingly, he became Thoroughbred Racing's 12th Triple Crown winner when he won the Belmont Stakes by five and a half lengths. Now, six of American Pharaoh's seven wins came in grade one stakes, the Arkansas Derby, the Haskell Invitational, of course, Derby, Preakness, Belmont, and who can forget at Keeneland, that Breeders' Cup Classic. So rounding out the top ten in horses were, were Teppan, Honor Code, Frosted, FNX, Keen Ice, Tonalist, Stephanie's Kitten, Found, and the two-year-old Nyquist, who will be up for an Eclipse Award. Uh, no big surprise here. Todd Pletcher, who has led all trainers for the past five years and topped the list from 2004-2007, sent out horses that won over $26 million. The runner-up was Chad Brown. His horses won over $20 million. Also in the top trend, Bob Baffert, Mark Cassie, Jerry Hollendorfer, Bill Mott, Steve Asmussen, Karen McLaughlin, Christophe Clement, and Graham Motion. In the saddle, what a year for Javier Castellano. He established a single-season earnings record and leading the North American jockeys list, breaking his own record that he set back in 2013. He led all riders last year, getting in the winner's circle 344 times. His mounts won over 23 million dollars. And we're going to be talking about some of the mounts that he has later at Gulfstream. Uh, Zayat Stables, no surprise there. Uh, 215 starts, earned over $10 million. The runner-up, Ken and Sarah Ramsey. Now, you may recall when we last spoke, we are talking about how Sports Illustrated for Man of the Year, even though he got the most votes, that American Pharaoh was snubbed. Well, he wasn't snubbed by the guys that really know about racing, and that would be those that write for the Associated Press. And they made American Pharaoh his sports story of the year. Of course, they followed him throughout the entire Triple Crown. And uh, it's so nice to see that he's being recognized by uh, the writers. It was a runaway win for American Pharaoh, just as it was with the Sports Illustrated voting. Uh, He received 317 points, 43 first-place votes. The second story, deflate. Gate. <laughs> All right. California Chrome, we're going to watch him this weekend in the San Pasquale. It should be interesting because it looks like, if you've been watching the weather, it's going to be the first time that he's going to compete on a sloppy track. But, boy, it sure looks like he has no problems with Santa Anita. He had an eye-popping one ten and one with Victor Espinosa during a special late-morning workout session. On January 2nd, uh, Art Sherman thought he went in 111 or 112, so he must have done it looking awful, awful easy. Uh, He had been training him without blinkers. He threw the blinkers last on and said, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I guess the plans after the sand pass, well, again, this would be his first race in more than nine months. Uh, He'll going to shoot for the $10 million Dubai World Cup and hopes to end the year with the 5 million Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, should he score in those, 
looks like he might just be horse of the year. But that's a big task, and there's a lot of races between now and then. Uh, it looks like his main rival, Dortmund, in the San Pascal is not going to be in the race. He's not hurt, but Bob Baffert did not like the way that he worked. He said he was kind of tired at the end of it. He didn't like the way he finished up, so he's going to take him out of the San Pasquale. And hopefully sooner or later down the road we will see a matchup with those California Chrome and Dortmund going head-to-head. Uh, but we need to now take a look at some of the other human friends of ours that won Eclipse Awards. Of course, the horses will be announced on the 16th. <clears throat> One of our favorites, and you've heard her here uh, many, many times, and that is Jenny Reese, won her fifth Eclipse Ward. She did a feature on Dale Romans that was just sensational. Uh, I hope you get a chance you can go back and read it. Of course, she was representing the Courier-Journal uh, just before uh, she announced her retirement there. It was just a fantastic interview uh, with uh, Dale Romans uh, over, overcoming something that nobody knew that he had when he was, was, a, was a young child. Uh, then the Eclipse Award for the feature, of course, went to the Hennigan Brothers, the feature Iron Man Perry Oots. And Mary Simon took home her third Eclipse Award for the audio multiple multimedia and internet category for Regrets Derby at 100. The Philly made a case for equality. It was about Regrets Derby um, and very, very interesting. Mary Simon, so, so talented. Again, her third one, uh, the California girl, uh, is now on Eclipse Awards in three different categories. The first in 2000 for feature writing in the Thoroughbred Times and in 2012, uh, for News Enterprise on, again with the Thoroughbred Times. Uh, Tim Sullivan, who's been at different papers, he won the News Enterprise Eclipse Award for a sad, sad story about the gentleman that worked for Steve S. Mewson, who, sad to say, uh, took his own life uh, after the alleged uh, PETA scandal. So congratulations to Tim Sullivan. And Scott Serio won the uh, media eclipse for photography, uh, a photo that I must not have been far from him. We were watching American Pharaoh gallop on the training track down at Keeneland. He caught him with the barn in the background and the trees there. Uh, so congratulations to Scott Serio. And no big surprise here, NBC Sports won its 12th television eclipse award. Of course, the broadcast being the Belmont Stakes. And how did we finish out the season at Stud? Well, Tappet held the top spot. He uh, outfinished Medaglia Dioro, who's going to have some very nice horses in the races we're going to handicap. And then um, in the third spot, Pioneer of the Nile. Of course, he sired a nice little horse by the name of American Pharaoh. In fourth was Kitten's Joy. Fifth, Candy Ride. Sixth was Curlin. Seventh, Giant's Causeway. Third, Speedstown. Then it was Scat Daddy and Malibu Moon. Now, how about those guys that are just getting out of the gate? The first crop sires, these are the ones you're going to want to watch. Uncle Mo, number one. Uh, he got it, the son of Indian Charlie. And then it was Twirling Candy, a son of Candy Ride, in the second spot. Arch, Arch, Arches was third. Girolamo, a son of AP Indy, was fourth. First dude, 
was fifth. Then uh, First Crop Sire, Giant Surprise, the son of Giant's Causeway. Seventh was Big Drama. And then Patty O'Prado in the eighth spot, Gone Astray ninth, and Court Vision rounded out the top ten as far as stallions are concerned. Well, again, we've got some other big races coming up this week. We've got the, the San Pasquale, and we have the Sham that's coming up. So uh, I just uh, tried to get as much news as I could in there. Jimmy Graham's going back to the fairgrounds, the lean rider. Uh, congratulations uh, to Flavian Pratt, who was very seriously injured months ago. He's already been back in the winner's circle. Well, that's about all I can get in there. I'll squeeze in one more story in breeding news. It looks like Love the Chase, the dam of California Chrome. She's out of California in Kentucky. She's going to be bred to the country's leading sire, Tappet. All right, that's as much as I could get out as the time allowed. Going to have a great second segment coming up here with none other than Brad Hennigan from the Hennigan Brothers, and we're going to talk about not only his first Eclipse Award for Saturday in May, but his new one, Iron Man, Perry Oots. Stay tuned. You're listening to Winning Ponies. I'll keep your eyes on the road you held upon the wheel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. He's still left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now is Brad Hennigan. You may have uh, heard of the Hennigan Brothers over the years. I was lucky enough, I'm going to say now about eight years ago, maybe it was seven, uh, I got to meet him and his brother at the symposium out in Arizona. And uh, after we concluded a session, with the, if you're hanging out with two guys by the, the name of Hennigan, we went back to the bar and I got to know these guys a little bit better. And uh, I'm a better person for it. Uh, Brad and his brother work together. This is their second Eclipse Award, Ironman Perry Oots. So before I start going backwards to your background to explain to our audience who you are, Brad, congratulations on winning the Eclipse. Uh, thank you so much, John, and thank you for having me on your show. It's, uh, it was really unexpected. I mean, 
to to win. Well, number one, who thought we could win with uh, anything that didn't have anything to do with uh, American Pharaoh? So that was a <laughs> that was a, a plus right there. Um, but yeah, we were really humbled to win our second second Eclipse Awards, and it was just great to meet uh, Perry. Well, I, all I know is, and as you know, I've contracted your producer after I got a chance to see it, that uh, I called him right up and I said, you've got to put this in for an eclipse. You know, trust me, uh, this this piece stands on its own, uh, you know, and and it really is a feat. In a year where we had our first Triple Crown winner, there was a lot of things put out there that uh, people recognize what went into your piece. But before we get on to, to Iron Man, uh, Perry Oots, Brad, could you kind of, Familiarize our audience with with you and your brother, and the fact that you guys are no strangers to racing by a long shot. Sure. Um, well, I grew. Uh, my my father was um, was a racing official at, at New York Racing Association for over thirty years. So, kind of, we've always been around the racetrack. His father worked in horse racing in Maryland in the forties uh, and fifties. Um, so, you know, we've kind of always been around it, and. Uh, Kind of my my first job was cutting out past performances um, at the racing forum when I was about nine years old. I was doing it for Don Macbeth's agent. I can't remember the guy's name, but um, <laughs> that was that was my first gig. You know, we we scooped ice cream and we uh, worked as a white cap and security guard, Pinkerton. Kind of did a little, uh, little back uh, some hot walking, a little bit of everything, and. Uh, you know, the, the thing that always struck me about the track was just the the vast array of characters uh, that, that we met along the way. I mean, I, I always tell the story, but I remember walking around with my father when I was about five or six years old, six or seven years old, I'd say, and uh, be walking around in Belmont or something, and he'd introduce me to someone and say, hey, Brad, this is uh, Mr. Vanderbilt. And I said, nice to meet you, Mr. Vanderbilt. We'd walk up, you know, 30 more yards. He said, this is uh, Johnny Step-and-a-Half. And I said, hey, nice to meet you, Mr. Step-and-a-Half, and, you know, and so on and so forth. So, was, you know, I met the Willie Bananas and all sorts of characters. So it was just something we, we'd always want to tell at some point stories about all of these folks, that uh, all these colorful folks that we, that we met along the way. Well, um, I'm not sure I could work alongside my, my brother. How did the both of you guys kind of get involved in filmmaking? <laughs> were, were you educated in that, or did you just kind of grow no, you know, the team? Um, I, I didn't really know it was a job, you know, growing up. But, you know, uh, I grew up in uh, Huntington, Long Island, uh, which is a bedroom community of, uh, of New York. And like I said, my father was uh, worked in racing, and my mother was a teacher. So, uh, you know, I went to college, and, um, you know, when I got out, I, I kind of always thought I wanted to do something with television or film, but I just didn't really know how to get it done. Um, and uh, at one point, I worked a few different careers, from lacrosse coach to, uh, to I worked in finance for a little bit and just realized that none of those things were for me. So I, uh, I got a, pr- a production assistant job at um, Martha Stewart Living. So I worked for huh. Martha for for a long time and I think John was at CNN and I think he kind of wanted to be a little bit on air personality um and we just uh after a while we just kind of worked for a bunch of different companies and you know it got to the point around 2005 and said well if we don't make our own thing we're, we're never going to do it and it's either now or never so um you know that's where we got the idea of doing our first uh 
our, our first documentary, which was the first Saturday in May. You're kidding me. That was your first documentary? That was. That was our My. first. Man, you guys stood up to the plate and hit a home run on the first uh, pitch. I, I mean, think for we, anybody we, we that hasn't a lot. had... If anybody hasn't had a chance to see this movie, it, it's fantastic. It, it, it had to uh, be almost two years in in the making from go to woe. And these guys are obviously pretty good handicappers. They followed horses from their two-year-old year through their three-year-old year. And we all know how hard it is in the winter book. You know, everybody picks the all others as far as handicapping. And how many horses did you come up with that ended in the Kentucky Derby? Well, you know, we did. We started the first year. We did in 2005. We said, well, what if we did a, you know, kind of a hoop dreams at the racetrack? And we we found out horses, like, you know, everyone knows the Kentucky Derby, but a lot of people don't know how horses get there. So we kind of did the the film on paper the first year and just said, let's pick out a few different horses. I think one was Galloping Grocer, which was uh, a horse out of New York. And then there was. uh, a fleet Alex was another that year that we picked, you know, I'm just looking at it. And, uh, you know, we saw that uh, obviously that was an amazing story that year with a fleet Alex. And we said, you know, well, if it can be half a good a story as it was in, uh, 2005, then 2006, you know, it could be done. So we kind of looked at all the prep races that, that these horses ran the year before, and um, just kind of set up shop at each of them and, you know, looked not only for horses we thought were going to win, but just characters that kind of stood out and people that, that we thought were interesting. Now, it is, it, I, I love this movie so much because you guys just melt into the wallpaper. It's as if the uh, principals don't even know that you're there, which it's fantastic, and obviously it's because of your horse background. But... Uh, I let mine to somebody, and it's disappeared. Is there a way that myself or my listeners can can get our hands on a copy of First Saturday of May? Yeah, right now it's on iTunes, and um, you know we were joking earlier. It's it's so hard to keep track. I mean, we gave it to a distributor, and um, it's almost a full time job in that respect. Is you know tracking. (laughs) <laughs> where the film is, but you know it was on Hulu for a while. It seems to pop up on Hulu uh, right around Derby time, um, which is uh, beyond. Uh, but I think that it's uh, iTunes is the best place to get it right now. Okay, well, I highly recommend our listeners. It is just sensational, and like I said, people, you guys did such a great job. Nobody even knew they were on camera, and you get such a real feel. Uh, for you know what's going on on the backstretch, and, and Brad, you did the same thing. Obviously, <laughs> first Saturday in May took you probably, like I said, probably two years. Meanwhile, you guys parachuted into Cincinnati and in three days knocked out the Eclipse Award-winning Iron Man Perry Oots. Uh, quite different, but you, you had all of your military equipment. You had your GoPro. You had your slow mo. You had all different kinds of cameras and, and lighting. Uh, what was that like, the, the, the bevy of activity at a three-day period that brought you home an Eclipse Award winner? Well, it was a cool. You know, we've, um, we've been fortunate enough to have a job the last few years that, that um, we would film a lot of different um, sporting events. And obviously, we love racing so much. So that was one, one, you know, we always circle on the calendar and make sure we have to do a couple of horse racing shows every year. So we've become pretty adept at, you know, coming in somewhere 
pretty quickly and trying to gain trust. And in horse racing, it's harder for, for outsiders, but we've, you know, we've been successful because we, if we didn't know somebody, maybe we knew somebody that knew somebody at the track. So um, when we, uh, you know, we'll take a step back. Well, I learned from Perry from actually from you, John, from your Facebook feed. I saw, I read a little something about him, I don't know, maybe a year ago or a year and a half ago about you know, something that he, that he did, and I, I was kind of keeping an eye on him and, you know, read some articles that I found about him, and I was like, this guy's amazing. I mean, I, I got <laughs> to meet him, and, you know, then I, then I was able to pitch it to my client here at um, AT&T, and, and um, they liked the idea, and uh, so, we, yeah, we, we, we flew into uh, Cincinnati one day and just, you know, kind of hit the ground running, and it's... It's always hard because even if even if you shot a lot of horse racing, it'd been a little while, so you just have to kind of get back into the rhythms and the rhythms of the backstretch and you know budgets being something we don't have you know tons and tons of money, so it was you kind of had to move quickly and gain trust quickly and uh, and uh, kind of figure out where the story is going to go in a hurry. I don't, but, um, I don't think you, you know, everyone felt gain, tear gain. apart. <laughs> You didn't have a problem gaining anybody's trust. I, I noticed that right off the bat. I th- thought that you were warmly accepted by everybody. Now, how amazed were you that in the black and white photo that I gave you of Perry Utz's first win on Ray Blue 42 years ago, that the three guys in the picture were still on the backstretch? That is something that does not happen in racing. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe they're all on the backstretch, but maybe they don't talk to each other anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that was amazing that, you know, all of them were, were still working with each other and, and still friendly. And, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, that was one of the cool things about, uh, Belterra. You know, there were some, a lot of people that had been there a lot of years and, um, there was, you know, seemed to be a, a mutual respect between, between all these folks and, uh, you know, and that's uh, racing, you know, the, the public really only knows about, the Kentucky Derby and the Belmont and, you know, maybe the Breeders' Cup and the Preakness. So it was really cool. Um, you know, we like to shine a light on all the people that are doing it every single day because this industry, as you know, there, there's no day off. So it's, it's uh, all these people love doing it and it's, it's, it's something they devote their life to. So it's rich with stories, that's for sure. Well, I'm sure there's listeners right now going, Perry Oots, uh, who is he? I got news for you, folks. He's the 11th leading rider in the history of racing. And he's probably the best rider that nobody knows about. And what's amazing, I've been around this guy forever, you know, covering him on stakes races. If I get three words after a race, that's, that's a long one. Uh, Brad, you did a great job at uh, getting Perry to open up. I have to admit that because it's a tough one. I slipped him. I slipped him like twenty bucks before I started to make me look good. That's, <laughs> that's basically you know, that's the easiest way to do it. Now he, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we we talked a little before that we sat down, and um, you know, he starts off a little bit uh, reserved, but you know, he's a real cool guy, and he's he's really interesting, and you know, he's someone, you know, we I interview a lot of different athletes from you know, MMA guys to Floyd Mayweather to all these different athletes. But, you know, the common denominator with a lot of these guys is they love to win. And Perry's, you know, up there with any of them in, in terms of will to win, you know. And that guy, you know, 
He's 61 years old, the 11th all-time leading rider. He's got, I don't know what it is now, 48,000 mounts, I mean, or, or yeah. close to it. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's just, those numbers are astronomical. Um, but well, yeah, he, was, uh, my he produce, was great. My producer spent a lot of time with us. My producer's telling me we were, that I've probably got to get ready to wrap this up. Now, uh, Brad Hennigan, uh, how do people get to see this? Obviously, on the 16th, uh, you're going to be at the awards. I do want to tell people that uh, you, they can watch it for free on ExpressBet.com starting at 6.30, and it, it is free through ExpressBet, so they can see the Eclipse Awards. Um, how can uh, people see Iron Man Perry Oots? I mean, is it uh, uh, is it free and open to the public now? I know it aired on AT and T Universe for about a month. It is so. So AT and T Universe has a a website, um, and and if you Google AT and T Universe, um, AT and T Universe, we had to re put it up because we we did this back in I, I forgot when we did this in uh, this went off air I think in September or so. So we're, we're in the middle of reposting it because uh, out of popular demand. So um, AT&T Uverse is, is the name of the service, and it's, it's the exclusive member channel. So if you Google that, um, the, it'll be posted up on, on their site, or AT&T Uverse Perry Utes. I advise everyone to do it. They'll not only see a sensational job that was put together by the Hennigan brothers, uh, but they'll get an insight into a very interesting individual they most probably didn't know about. Well, Brad, thanks so much. I'm going to be talking to you later. I got a call from old friends Michael Blowen. He wants to uh, blow this thing up in Lexington during the Keeneland meet. So uh, let's make plans to uh, see if we can't make it a big deal for all of you. That sounds great. All right, thank you so much for having me on. Congratulations. Say hi to your brother for me. Will do. Thanks so much, John. Talk to you soon. All right. Been talking to, to Brad Hannigan, and right now we're going to talk to the mellow fellow with the big loud bellow, and that's my friend Pete Aiello. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank, do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America's own Jordan Kimmel, the host of Magnet Investing for over seven years, is applying his strategies of magnet investing and is managing individual accounts. Jordan Kimmel has joined InvestView, the Red Bank, New Jersey investment education and asset management firm and his team can help you contact jordan and the team at investview at 732-380-7271 or by email at jkimmel at investview.com if you would like a complimentary portfolio review or to speak to a representative call us past performance of investments are not indicative of future results investing is inherently risky all recommendations should be researched by the investor call investview at 732-380-7271 that's 732-380-7271 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, a gentleman I had a chance to work very closely with when he was the track announcer at River Downs, and that is none other than Pete Aiello, who has ascended through the ranks, calling at Hialeah and Gulfstream, and now he's going to take over at one of my favorite racetracks, Oak Lawn Park. But uh, in a sense, uh, Pete's not really uh, doing a first here because he will be the second announcer from River Downs to be calling at Oak Lawn Park as Terry Wallace was a River Downs graduate. Pete, welcome to the show. Uh, good to have you on, John. How, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been real mild here in the Midwest, and I'll take it. Bring on that global warming. Well, I'm actually looking forward to a little change in climate uh, been a, uh, unseasonably warm in Florida as well. I realize that probably sounds like an oxymoron, but uh, when you have to have the air conditioner on on Christmas, it's really just the wrong feel. <laughs> well, I was out walking the dog today without a jacket on, so uh, that's the same way here. Well, Pete, you know, uh, you're, you're only uh, 30 years old, if memory serves me well, uh, but uh, you've been involved in racing since we're, you were a young guy. I still want to see that picture of you dressed up in pink jockey silks when you were uh, three years old. I'm going to find that someplace and get that posted. But can you just kind of recap your, your, your love of the game and kind of how you came up through it, uh, including your uh, days at the fair circuit and your connection with one of my favorite guys, Luke Kriposh? Well, first and foremost, I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Luke Kripos. That's that's the absolute fact of the matter. Um, I got hooked on racing through what I hope a lot of the listeners got hooked on racing, which was uh, just going to the races and enjoying it as a fan. I never had any sort of connection um, with family who were in the business at all. All of our, uh, as I like to say, all of our my family were card carrying degenerates. Um, so that was uh, that was how I got introduced to the business, strictly as a fan and. Um, it didn't take me long to figure out that it was something that was a little bit more than a casual situation for me. It was something that I really had a passion for and something that I wanted to pursue. But being that I didn't know anybody in the business, and uh, I don't need to tell you, sometimes the racing industry can be a little close-knit. Um, I needed an outlet to where I could get in touch with the right folks. And uh, fortunately for me, the University of Arizona's racetrack industry program was that perfect outlet. Um, ironically enough, I saw an ad in the racing form one night as I was at my local, uh, wagering establishment with Luke Kripos on it, um, and said, you know, that, uh, he had a great experience as a graduate of the program himself. And, uh, I said to my father, I said, well, I think I know what I want to do for my college life. And, um, when I had to apply for college, I only applied to one school. So for me, I was all in on the U of A. Um, fortunately enough, I got to go and, um, Thanks to some great horse owners and some great folks with the Race for Education, I got to uh, defray some of the cost of that as an out-of-state student. Um, and then it wasn't long after that where I got introduced to Luke through the Racetrack Program's Mentor Lunch, where you can uh, have lunch with uh, someone who you look up to in the business or somebody who, you know, frankly, you think can give you the right contacts and take you under their wing kind of thing. Um, 
And Luke uh, gave me the opportunity to call a race in Tucson. He, he set it up with the folks there. And uh, it was an $1,100 maiden race going a half a mile. Uh, the winner of the race was out of post number three, named Slumberjack. He was uh, 13 to 1, and uh, it's not something I'll soon forget. Um, Obviously, so, you uh, haven't. <laughs> no, and I, I, one thing I will never forget, it's burned in my brain, I was after that, uh, coming downstairs and uh, at Rito Park, I actually was one of the last people to call a race from their actual press box, you know, a press box that would resemble anything that you and I are used to. The following year, that building got condemned, and then everyone was in the scaffold in front of the uh, in front of the grandstand. But I was coming down these old rickety wooden steps, and I got to the bottom of the steps, and uh, Luke was standing at the bottom of the steps, and I said, uh, "Luke, I said, what did you think?" And he looks off into the distance, and he looks at me, and he says, "Well, you don't suck." <laughs> and, uh, I know that you you called at several of the fair things, and you know when I go back and I remember talking to Luke about his upcoming, uh, he did the exact same thing, and uh, then uh, luckily you were able to land at a little bit of a regular venue and, and a little bit of a big one, a place where I know you made a lot of friends, and that was River Downs in Cincinnati. Like I said, a place where Terry Wallace cut his teeth. Yeah, you know, and it's one of those things where um, I remember, and I know you've heard the story so many times. I'm sorry to tell you again, but maybe there's some listeners out there that haven't heard this. Um, because me and my father were such big racing fans, every summer we would pick a, a region and we would go on vacation for a week and go to every racetrack in the region. And by far, my favorite trip was when we went to the Kentucky region. Um, I have family in Louisville and uh, we went to two hour trek from uh, Louisville to Cincinnati to go to River Downs. And I can remember commenting to my dad as we were sitting in the old clubhouse. I said, you know, this is a really nice place. I'd like to work here someday. And little did I know, that's exactly where I would get my big break. Well, ironically, I think it was the same seminar where I met both the Hennigan brothers and you. Of course, yep, it sure uh, we was. Went, went to a few parties with, uh, with Luke where they have the uh, hospitality suites, shall we say. Uh, but uh, I want to move forward uh, past River Downs. Now you've been in South Florida, and uh, you've, you've kind of made your way up there, uh, getting more and more recognized. And uh, now I guess the, the, the big news, while we can get it in here in this segment, is uh, that you're going to be going to Oaklawn Park, which is a huge uh, step up. And like I told you as we talked last week, uh, you are absolutely going to love Hot Springs because the people there love Oaklawn Park. Well, there's a couple of things that's going to make this job really special to me. And um, ironically enough, a lot of people are thinking I'm going to say the Arkansas Derby. And yeah, sure, I'm excited about the Arkansas Derby. But from what I gather from both the employees and the, the residents of Hot Springs, um, it's not going to be the Arkansas Derby that needs to get the crowd excited about racing. It's going to be the entire race meet that takes the crowd to get excited about racing. So I'm really looking forward to be completely to being completely immersed in racing culture and I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And one of the things that, to be completely candid and honest about it, makes this job so special for me is this is the first job I can honestly say that I was uh, that I got uh, competing with some really, really high-quality announcers, and it was not a situation of being in the right place at the right time. And I can honestly tell you, John, from Riverdowns to Hialeah to Gulfstream to Gulfstream West, my career has been defined by taking advantages of opportunities, yes, but by the same token – those opportunities have come because I've been in the right place at the right time. So it's really special to move into that next stratosphere and 
I don't want to call myself an all-star, but that's certainly the way it feels when you're stacked against uh, some really, really great race callers and they give you the call instead. Well, to, to put uh, Hot Springs in perspective, I got this story from Terry Wallace. I'll share it with you quickly. He said, you know, John, I've been all over the country and uh, been to different tracks. And more if you go into a halfway decent restaurant and somebody finds out that you're associated with the racetrack, you get the seat next to the restroom. He said, in Hot Springs, if they find out you're associated with a racetrack, you get the seat in the front window. <laughs> yeah, and I know I told you when we spoke the, the other day that uh, I actually have already experienced the benefits of being the announcer at Oaklawn. Uh, when I called to try to find a place to live, I got a significant discount on the rent when the landlord found out who I was, which was a completely surreal feeling. <laughs> yeah, normally they they put put you in the back forty someplace. Oh, this guy's a race tracker. We're moving him back. So, uh, the uh, I, I better move along now, and uh, we could talk about your your race career forever. I'm just going to look forward to it, and know I'm going to reach out to you when you do get at Oaklawn, and we do get uh, close to some of those uh, bigger races, some of the Derby preps. But right now, uh, we'll just uh, quickly hit one of the races at Gulfstream before I have to go to a break. And uh, we'll start out with, sad to say, what's probably the, the maybe the deepest race, um, and that's the Marshua's River. One question I have for you that our listeners will want to know is, because we've got some horses that are under main track only, how's the weather looking for the weekend down there? Uh, well, we had a lot of rain yesterday and the day before, uh, Gulfstream's turf course takes water really, really well. So there's no rain in the forecast for the weekend, so I think we'll be good to go to run on the grass. Well, as, as deep as this race is, a horse that draws my attention, and it shouldn't be a surprise because of its connections, uh, guys by the name of a trainer, Todd Pletcher, and a jockey, Javier Castellano, uh, is, a, is a horse that um, you probably got to call back in November in the My Charmer Handicap, a grade three, were just missed by a mile and a quarter, and that is an Irish bred by the name of Sandiva. Does this horse ring any bells? Yeah, it rings a big bell. Sandiva was the headliner in that aforementioned My Charmer. The other one from the stable of Bill Mott was, uh, was the eventual winner of the race, Lady Laura, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, and it was one of those things where Sandiva got the less optimal trip. They were, they were both uh, looked like on paper that they would finish in a dead heat if everything went as planned. Sandiva had to cover more ground. She never found a cover, as it were. And as you know, you always should rather be tucked in on the turf. And she ended up just getting out kicked by a couple of other horses. A horse that was in that same race, John, that I think is sitting on a huge race and that has a lot of talent is Hope Cross. Joe Bravo has their return call, and this is a filly that's really headed in the right direction. Well, you know, uh, after talking to a guy named Hennigan, we might want to box up the two Irish spreads in the Marshawas River. It's a great three, scheduled to go a mile and a 16th on the turf. Uh, Sandiva on the inside on breaking from mid-pack would be the horse that Pete mentioned, Hope Cross. So it's kind of a, a, a rematch uh, of, of sorts for those two. Again, a very, very uh, tough race and one other horse that uh, I, I know Pete's uh, had a chance to watch and it's a kitten's joy on the grass by the name of Quiet Kitten. Could be a factor. This horse is a lot of early foot. I'll tell you one thing about Quiet Kitten. If you had told me a year ago at this time that Quiet Kitten would be a stakes winner and be stakes tested and doing well in stakes, I would have asked how much you wanted and where, where you wanted me to place the bet. Uh, talk about a guy that's done really, really good work with a horse. Marcus Vitale has really turned Quiet Kitten's career around. She was not much horse 13 months ago. But she certainly belongs against this field on Saturday. 
Yeah, this this horse was claimed from Mulberry Stable back on March fifteenth uh, at, at Gulfstream Park, March two thousand and fifteen at Gulfstream Park for twenty five thousand, and now is closing in on the two hundred thousand dollar earnings mark. So again, that's the Marshall's River. We're talking with uh, Pete Aiello. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, and we come back. I'm uh, going to try to. Take a look at some of the top horses that will be running in the Hell's Hope and the Fort Lauderdale. You're listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a friend and a great race caller that's moving on to Oak Lawn Park, though he'll still have other jobs uh, during other parts of the season, and that's Pete Aiello. I do have some breaking news for Pete that he's not going to be happy about, and that is that there's no mule or donkey racing at Oak Lawn. (laughs) Well, the good news is is I'll already be back in South Florida by the time the mule season starts. Uh, You can ask... um, Ken Ramsey's grandson, John, I converted him. Even he appreciates the great sport of mule racing. I'll just share my list. A little inside information. Pete is one of the best handicappers for, for mule or donkey racing that I have ever seen in my life. It's, it's insane. Well, he also has a, an amazing memory for horses that he's seen race. And uh, the, the one-mile Hales Hope, it's a grade three. This will be a one-turn, one-mile down there at Gulfstream. And I know there's horses that, uh, that, that you, you've seen uh, coming out of races at Gulfstream, uh, certainly valid. And, and a horse, uh, I understand, has an interesting story in Grand Shores. Yeah, I would actually like the listeners to maybe they'll find this interesting. Both valid and Grand Shores are two reasons why I got the job at Oaklawn is the audition day races that I sent to Oaklawn included a race that Valid won and a race that Grand Shores ended up third in. Um, Grand Shores is a great story, John. This horse has uh, had some severe, and I do mean severe, digestive problems when he was younger. He was bred to be a pretty nice horse, but he just wasn't running any good. Stanley Gold eventually you know, didn't know what to do with him, dropped him in for 8,000, non-winners of three lifetime, 8,000, uh, he won that day, and then they started to figure out how to get him uh, back on track from the digestive side of things. 
And he's now become, without a doubt, one of the most honest horses in South Florida. He brings his cards to the table every time he runs. And uh, he's a personal favorite of mine just because he's so gritty. You can try to put him on the lead. You can try to give him outside. You can pin him on the rail. Whatever you do to him, he just excels from the challenge. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about a hard knocker. Uh, Grand Shores, 50 lifetime starts. He still has uh, uh, possesses all of his uh, hangy-down things. Yeah, eight-year-old horse, 50 starts, 14 wins, 17 seconds, five-thirds, and a win in here will put him over the half-a-million-dollar mark. That is a pretty gritty horse, Pete. That's a great story with Grand Shores. Um, again, in here... Got to always give your eyes down to the combination of Javier Castellano and Todd Pletcher. So far at Gulfstream, uh, they've teamed up for a 31% win percentage. Uh, I'm going to say, pronounce this horse's name for me, Mahawish? Mashawish. Mashawish, thank you very much, Mr. Yeah. Track Announcer. Yeah. But this is a horse that had been running kind of exclusively uh, on turf. Is It was a grade one winner in the Gulfstream Park turf handicap uh, back in 15. Uh, and now Pletcher's moved it to the main track for the Cigar Mile. We'll put in a bang-up race uh, with Castellano up, was four wide into the lane. And they're going to come right back on the dirt. Also, though, in that Cigar Mile was the horse that finished uh, the length ahead of him, and that's Ma True, who's going to break from the inside from a class edge versus some of the Gulfstream horses. I, I got to kind of lean uh, t- towards those two as the ones to beat. Well, Michalish is unproven on dirt, so for me, I would try to play against him. But uh, certainly, he's a Chad Brown trainee. That horse uh, is, is headed in the right direction at the right time. And if there are two barns that take their show on the road, as well as they do when they're at their home base. It's Chad Brown and Todd Pletcher. Both of them have no trouble succeeding in South Florida, and so, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. The other horse that we were talking about earlier is Valid. Marcus Vitelli trains him. He's a very, very interesting horse because uh, he's one of those horses that really um, appreciates a confrontation. If you leave him alone on the lead or he happens to try to win easy, he can't do it. He has to be hooked, and he has to be able to turn some horses away. With horses that classy, he'll definitely have that opportunity on Saturday. All right. Well, the, he had the benefit in the Harlan's Holiday of the service of Castellano, who obviously is going to ride for his main man, uh, Pletcher. Uh, Luis Sayez will be up in the saddle for what looks like the first time. Another hard-knocking horse uh, like Grand Shores, 33 lifetime starts, 11 wins, 7 seconds, 6 thirds, and he's won over $800,000. He is a six-year-old gelding. So, again, that's the Hal's Hope. It's a one-turn mile at Gulfstream Park, carded as the seventh race. And the last race that uh, I'll ask Pete Aiello to uh, shine in on will be the grade two Fort Lauderdale. Again, it's going on the grass. Let's hope the, the, the track does drain as well as uh, Pete had suggested earlier. And uh, while there's some very interesting horses in here, you've got war correspondent Christophe Clement coming in with this horse who's never been off the board since coming over from France, a, uh, a son of Warfront, but he's very lightly raced. He's six years old and only has eight lifetime starts. And then there's, there's uh, the horse that I think, can rate and romp, and I know you've seen this horse run, and the horse's name, I think, is Loach, coming in with three stakes victories, all of them with buyer figures of 100 or over. I think you mean Lochte. Uh, Lochte, you very much. That's why you're the announcer, and I just read the words. Yeah, Lochte is uh, is a horse that um, 
I'm very familiar with. He's won at Gulfstream and he's won at Gulfstream Park West. I actually think he's a better racehorse when he's running in Hallandale at Gulfstream than when he's running at Gulfstream Park West. The reason why that's relevant is he has some pretty good races on his lines lately running at uh, Gulfstream Park West. Um, so, you know, he's a horse that, like you said, John, he is a sit-and-pounce type horse. Once you pull the trigger on him, you're going to go right to the front. It's just a matter of uh, pulling it at the right time and making sure nobody gets in his way. Well, again, he's another talented son of Magdalia Dioro. Uh, they had to rue the day they had to cut him. He, he is a, a six-year-old gelding, but another hard knocker. Consistency counts, and man, this horse loves Gulfstream. Nine starts on the Gulfstream turf with five victories, and let's not say that mile and sixteenth isn't something he likes. Eleven starts, six victories for almost three hundred thousand dollars. Let me throw another name out to you because you had to call this horse from coming out of the clouds in the Emerald Stakes, and that was key to power. This race was scheduled to go on the grass, ended up being on the slop. I noticed they shipped in Corey Lannery for that one. Key to the power, the Emerald Stakes, ring any bells? Uh, No, that was uh, during the Champions meet. I wasn't there, but I actually know key to power. He was based in Chicago over the summertime, and he's another one. You know, it's great when you get horses that are so consistent and so honest uh, each and every time they go out there, and key to power certainly fits that bill. Uh, he'll be a horse that Lochte will be in front of early, so he'll have to run him down late. It'd be cool to see him hook up at the eighth pole and just see who has more t- tenacity. Well, it, it will be very, very interesting. We've got horses shipping in from uh, from Belmont, Churchill, Aqueduct. Uh, it'll be a very interesting race. Again, we're discussing the uh, the Fort Lauderdale the Grade 2. That'll be the 10th race at Gulfstream. So uh, the races that we discussed are spread out over the card, the 4th, the 7th, and the 10th. Well, uh looks like we're coming down to the final furlong here with, with Pete Aiello. Pete, I just got to say that uh, you're going to love your time out at Oak Lawn, and I'm very proud to call you a friend, and I'm very proud to have watched you develop as you have over the years. Well, it's funny. I really appreciate your friendship as well, and if, I think uh, neither one of us, when we met each other, really knew where uh, our careers would take us, of course, uh, River Downs being your home for so many years, and now you're doing this great podcast that all racing fans can enjoy nationwide. And uh, now I'm uh, going on and working in South Florida, which is something I never thought I would be doing, and I certainly never thought I'd be calling grade one races anywhere. So uh, it's really great. Hey, you made it to the bigs, my friend. Pete Aiello, the mellow fellow with a great bellow. He's the man with the mic, and you're going to get to hear him coming up on the Derby Trail at Oak Lawn Park this year. Thanks so much for being on Winning Ponies, Pete. Yeah, great to be on, John. I hope you have a great evening, and uh, you guys can always follow me on Twitter or Facebook, and uh, we'll see you at the races. We will do that, and I will be calling you for uh, some help as we get closer on the Derby Trail with the, the races you'll be calling down there at Oak Lawn. Sounds good. I look forward to it. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for Pete Aiello, and thanks so much to Brad Hannigan. Again, uh, you want to see if you can't get a hold of First Saturday in iTunes, and uh, you can search out uh, the connections that he gave you through AT&T Universe to watch Iron Man Perry Oots. I highly recommend it. Uh, it'll, it'll give you goosebumps. Uh, not only was it a great production, but it's a story of a great man, good enough to win an Eclipse Award. So thanks to my guests. Thanks to you. Don't forget, go to winningponies.com. 
Pull down those easy win forms. Hope we gave you some good information that will get you home with some winners tonight. I'm John Englehart. Right now I'm overlooking the manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.